right, everybody, welcome back to the still untitled Friday Night Lights podcast uh, featuring myself, Josh Kuypers, and my co-host, Anthony Hookman. We're excited to dig into episode four today. Uh, Anthony, tell us what you're drinking while we record uh, this this podcast tonight. Well, Josh, I've got a nice Howenstein beer, not a sponsor of the podcast, <laughs> but um, out of Howenstein Brewing in New Ulm, Minnesota, one of my favorite if not my favorite brewing city in in these united states wow yeah uh, they they also brew grain belt there yeah uh, shells brewing so yeah uh between those two i gotta say it's a big of course i i support my local breweries here in brookings south dakota eponymous and wooden Lake. shout out to them probably <laughs> won't listen to this but <laughs> absolutely uh, you know, I, I feel like though, as far as uh, uh sponsorships go from beer companies, how long seems maybe f- obtainable? Yeah, us? I think we could maybe you do know? it. We can maybe. It's, I I know the owners of Wooden Legs. I can maybe be like, Yo, Seth, put oh. in. <laughs> How do you feel about sponsoring my Friday Night Lights podcast? And we'll shout you out every right, episode. Let's work on this. That's good. Uh, I have uh grabbed just the the classic. Northwest Iowa um, beer of choice. I've got the bush light tonight. Um, you know, it's not the best in the world, but I could do a lot worse. So. Yes. All right, good. Well, episode four um, is entitled, Who's Your Daddy? We're going to dig into it. The, the, the summary on IMDb is as follows. Coach Taylor deals with outside influences on who to start at quarterback with the biggest game of the year coming up against their rivals who have taken it upon themselves to raise the bar by trashing the Panthers locker room. His wife has no picnic either. <laughs> okay. That's a little play on words. Yeah, it was. <laughs> His wife has no picnic either as she has given two days to plan a team tradition barbecue <laughs> and the visiting list keeps getting bigger. I didn't pre-read this. I wasn't ready. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jason is moved to a rehab unit, still not accepting his situation as his replacement. And as his replacement, Matt deals with competition when a new quarterback is brought in from Louisiana as a refugee from Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> so there we have it. Uh, there is the the synopsis for for episode four. Um, let, uh, let's get into it. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready. Good deal. Uh, we, we both have a good deal amount of notes for this one. Uh, Very excited for this episode. Yeah, yeah. Things things are taking off, folks. So if this is your first time watching Friday Night Lights with us, first of all, what an honor uh, for us Welcome. to be on this journey with you. But yeah, buckle your seatbelts, folks, because things are, things are taking off. Things are about to get real. Yeah. Episode four. We start out, the opening scene is a party. Right away, we are adding to the big rig beer tally right off the bat. We got a beer in Tim Regan's hand. Right off the bat, like yeah. opening shot. Boom. <laughs> I was, that's literally the first thing on my nose. Beer tally, one. Same. Yeah. <laughs> exactly nice. same. Yep. Here at the party, uh, we see some sexual tension between Riggins and Tyra. Yep. Right off the bat. Yep. Who who broke up last episode? Yes, but it has been implied that they're very on again, off again anyway. So that probably doesn't mean much that they broke up. We see a lot of um, the pressure on Saracen. We see even like people coming up to him at the party, right? Mm-hmm. That are kind of like you know, you messed up, <laughs> like don't do it again. You know, teams really, teams really, you know. Ho- putting a lot of hopes into you. Yep. Yep. Um, and Saracen at the same time is, is macking on Julie a little bit, trying, trying again, trying, 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 uh, to impress Julie to kind of get in there. Julie still got her defenses up. Um, We stand a persistent King. (laughs) (laughs) We sure do. Uh, yeah. Seven. We love him. Smash. Life of the party. We're seeing, you know, we're seeing the a lot of members of the football team here, and yeah, Smash is definitely the life of the party. However, Voodoo Tatum, bum bum bum, Voodoo Tatum <laughs> shows up, comes uh, in, puts on his own music. Yeah, he at he, the party he changes it to some deep South rap. Like it is like very clearly a, a change in direction from what they like to listen to takes control of of the the music which i feel like is a pretty bold move extremely bold move like to bust in 
just blatantly turn off the music that's playing yeah and then play his own stuff extremely bold smash is furious yeah he definitely takes offense and voodoo says something to smash here and i want to i want to get your take on what this means so they're having a little altercation and they're getting into it and this is what voodoo says to smash and get give me your interpretation seriously man you need to climb some trees touch something (laughs) 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 what What? (laughs) i don't know what that means i have no idea i think we need to dig into this though you need to climb some trees touch something get it smash needs to get in touch with with nature i don't know if it's maybe like a short joke because smash is so short is he short i've never compared to voodoo i feel like compared to voodoo right because doesn't so maybe it's like a zacchaeus joke there's maybe a (laughs) (laughs) smash as we know or voodoo as we know a very biblical (laughs) very biblical man (laughs) considers himself something of a job but <laughs> yeah, whole refugee situation. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You need to climb some trees and touch something. Uh, I don't know. We don't know. We got nothing. He's 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 an, an enigma wrapped in a mystery. This voodoo. <laughs> yeah. So that's the party. Like we mentioned last episode, the team was really starting to gel. And now Voodoo Tatum is coming in coming and playing room. weird music that they don't like and taking over the party and showing Smash Up. And nobody really shows Smash Up. So yeah. this is this is a big thing. Things are off to a, a rocky start with Voodoo Tatum. No doubt. And to make things worse, Arnett Mead, the rival school, uh-huh. come in in the middle of the night under the, the shadow of night and trash our Dylan Panthers locker room. Just shameful and cowardly. Uh, They're breaking mirrors on the walls. They're throwing paint on the the logos that are painted on the walls. Classless. It's a mess. mess And frankly, um, shameful. Um, (laughs) But it does remind me of, uh, let's, let's go back to Platt here. Uh, We haven't talked about Platt. Yes. There is a legendary, Story. <laughs> oh boy is there ever of uh uh platt high school v- very similar also the panthers which i don't know if that we've mentioned we have not that, mentioned that yeah um, we were the platt, another we layer were, we the were black the black panthers. panthers though because um, we stand for civil rights i want to show you something okay let's see oh, i'll be right back i don't know if we'll do a video version of the podcast <laughs> of our zoom call on youtube but we'll we'll get to that okay uh so if not we can just cut this out but i, I really want to show you this yeah, I'll be right back. so these are um i found these they're all face down right now okay <laughs> but they're um <laughs> I recovered these uh, after my grandfather died in my grandparents' house. And I was like, I need to have these. Uh Um, (laughs) I was going to pull them up randomly, but maybe the best one showed up first. Uh, That's a really good one too. I want to start with the, so they're old black Panther buttons. So there's, I'm a black Panther. This one I like to wear because it's true. The pride (laughs) of plat. I love that. And now these ones get real good. <laughs> I feel like you're wearing these to the protest. <laughs> and this one's my personal favorite. So there's, I'll tell you a little story behind this one. So my, my neck or next door neighbor, like there's two apartments above this business. It was me and Angie. And then this girl who we knew beforehand, but her, she was, a, um, her parents was from Ethiopia. Yeah. And I sent, I put this on my, these on my Snapchat story and she was like, what are these and why do you have them? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that this one is the one that caused it. It's hard to be <laughs> humble when you're a black Panther. Yes. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah. Those are absolutely incredible. Do you have a gauge of when, what, like what era these are from? It's gotta be. So 
my mom and both of her siblings were in high school in the 1980s. Okay. I would guess it's from them. Like when my grandparents would have gone to watch them during sporting events. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents were in high school. They both graduated in 61. So they could go back as far as the late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. So, so we are, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we come from a line of Panthers. Um, a different line than the Dylan line. Yes. Um, but but yeah. still, I think it kind of fueled our connection to the show a little and in, in the, yeah. even a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I bought, you know, Dylan Panther t-shirts partially because like I have plat Panther, black Panther mm-hmm. t-shirts and stuff like that. So do you know why we're the black Panthers? I feel like I've heard <laughs> a, a reasoning for that, but I can't remember the details of I why don't. we're specifically black Panthers. I don't. I wish I knew if my grandfather was still alive, I would call him right now. Cause I know yeah. he'd be awake at 1130 PM <laughs> <laughs> and would be happy to answer that question and be the first yeah. guest on our podcast. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, there's, there's gotta be a story. I'm sure. Cause but, I mean, it goes, it goes back before before the civil rights um, group. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder how Platt residents felt about that during the the fifties and sixties. I'd be interested to about that too. We should maybe, we should make some calls and and find out if like in the late sixties, early seventies, if there was like real, like if there was people like we got to change our name because of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we're the we're the Plat Black Panthers. We also have a rivalry week type story, um, where, man, you, do you wanna do you wanna take the lead on this story? I'll try to I'll try to recount it as well as I can. So we have Alan Weir once said to me, <laughs> Alan Weir being it's like an Alan Weir reference. Yeah, for those yeah for those not a, a Plat originate originals, um, Alan Weir was the track coach the assistant football football. assistant football coach. Did he coach anything else? Or is it just those two things? And also like part-time math teacher. (laughs) Also taught my Um, health class. Yeah. Also taught health. Yep. Health class. So anyway, Alan, we were once told me, you know, in Platt, we really hate the color red because there's three surrounding schools that all have the color red. Mm -hmm. And they were all rivals. Uh, The Wagner red Raiders. Yep. The Chamberlain Cubs and of course yes. the Gregory Gorillas. Ooh, yeah. So we really, especially at that time, hated the Gorillas. They were, yeah. I would say that was our arch rival um, yep, in absolutely. pretty much all sports. Yeah, yep. um, right across the river. And my eighth grade year, your freshman year, uh-huh. <laughs> four guys <laughs> in high school decided they were going to go steal this gorilla statue concrete. in Gregory concrete, concrete gorilla, gorilla statue, statue. Yes. in Gregory in the, in under the shadow of night, <laughs> much like Arnett Mead. <laughs> and they dumped it over the Platt winter bridge, which for those listening at home is the longest bridge in South Dakota. <laughs> I believe it's the longest bridge, uh, like West of the Mississippi or something. Really? Like that. Yeah. I did not. I that can't be right. That can't, yeah. Cause I was just on the Golden, <laughs> Gate, bridge. Golden Gate bridge is definitely <laughs> longer than the Platt winter bridge. <laughs> maybe, but there's maybe, some distinction. The Mississippi holds. river and the continental divide. Yeah, that might be it. There's, there's something there's, it's a very, it's, it's a, a mile it's an, long. It's an impressively long bridge. Uh, I, I my understanding is that they did not initially intend to dump it off the bridge. My understanding was that they were going to steal it um, with the intent of returning it back, but it it was a concrete gorilla, and so in the process of loading it, it into the pickup, it like they busted off the head or something like sure. that, and so you can't return it with a with a busted off head. Right. So yes. Then so to this day, it, it resides at the bottom <laughs> of the Missouri river. Yes. There's a concrete gorilla uh, down there somewhere along with the man sized catfish. That yes. Several man sized catfish. Yes, legends say live mm-hmm. um, underneath the pillars of the, the bridge. bridge yep. So a concrete gorilla in man sized catfish. So we know a thing or two about rivalry week for sure. Yes. But the Dillon Panthers, yes, had their weight room trashed. So, of course, the team's pretty worked up about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're very upset. Yeah. Then I believe we see Jason Street moving into rehab. Before yeah, that, before we've that. got a 
um, a scene with the Taylor family in which coach mentions that he's got some plans and I don't remember exactly what his plans were, but he mentions what it is. And Julie is pissed because it's the same night as Julie's dance recital. Right. It's obvious that coaches forgot daughter daughter's not too happy and wife. Tammy is not too impressed either. Yeah. Then I believe we see Jason street moving into rehab. We get our first interactions with Herc. Yes. Jason street's roommate. Yep. He's uh he's a little crass, a little blunt. Doesn't care much for anyone's feelings. I believe the first thing that he, uh, his interact first interaction with Jason is that he calls him. We're going to call you roadblock. Uh, cause he was in the way in the hallway. So. <laughs> okay. He goes on a very ableist and homophobic, uh, rant. Yeah. I don't um, even know if we can say it out loud. I'll, I'll say, I, I will say, I, cause I think it's appropriate for one of the words that <laughs> yes. I don't remember what is said, but Herc is like, Oh, that's gay. And the nurse is like, you know, you're talking to a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> And Herc tries to defend himself in basically the worst way possible. And the guy lets him get away with it for whatever reason. Uh, It was a different time, I guess. (laughs) But he goes on to use that word a number of more times, along with the R word a number of more times. Which, I, you know, I, I think the, they're making the point that he is crass and yeah. whatnot. But I don't even feel like you could pull that off. You could not like do that on television today. 2009-ish. Like, yeah. I feel like that's kind of when, nope, <laughs> we can't even, we can't even joke about this. If you're going to, if you could that. do that, you, there's no, absolutely no way you could do it on network television. Like maybe you could yeah. pull that off on like FX as like, this guy's a hateable guy, but like, he's an absolute villain in, in 2020. Yeah, for sure. And the, the comments, uh, mirror almost exactly Michael Scott in the office, <laughs> <laughs> which which gave me a chuckle for sure. But yeah, Herc, we, we get our first, our first uh, interaction with Herc. Next, I have just Matt talking to his dad in Iraq. Uh, before that, we have a moment of Matt talking to his grandma and his oh, yeah. grandma's like, oh, is your dad like going to be here today or something like that? Is he coming over for dinner? Is he coming over for dinner? And yeah. so this is kind of our first moment where we realize grandma's having a, a bad, and he, you know, Saracen mentioned this in the last episode to Mrs. Coach, yeah. the guidance counselor, that she has good days and bad days. And this is what we see as a, is definitely a bad day. Well, yeah. The first glimpse we get that, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's bad. And then, yeah, from, from there we see Matt on a video call with his dad, who is at, a, at war in Iraq. In Iraq, yeah. Basically tells Matt, like, well, sounds like it's pretty bad, but you're going to have to take care of it. Can you can you cover for me? <laughs> yeah. On top of busy over here. On top of like Saracen being really sincere and coming to his dad and being like, yes, yeah, so there's this new guy who's a lot better than me. And Saracen's dad's just like, oh, well. So like I guess you're takes gonna be the pressure off. Yeah, it takes the pressure off. That's what it's like. I just have written here. Matt's dad is a dick. <laughs> like, yeah, takes the pressure off. Hey, can you take care of my mom who has dementia? You're gonna have to man up and be the man of the house. Yeah, because I'm I'm busy. Which, also, I don't care about your angst with not starting as a football player. Yeah, yeah. Not a great look for Matt's dad uh, thus far. And as Matt is leaving the room at at the school with the video call with his dad, he wanders by the dance recital practice room. Oh yeah, and sees Julie Taylor. Gets a little glimpse of yeah Julie's moves (laughs) for sure. Mm. So then, shortly after that, we have the first practice of the post Arnett Mead locker room trashing. Yeah. So the the players come in and and the locker room is trashed and this is their first experience seeing it. And you know, coach is like, hey, I'm I'm mad too, you know. Uh-huh. In this scene we have my 
for sure quote of the episode. <laughs> really? I don't have anything yeah. written down. I mean, really? Yeah. Oh man, I think you're really going to regret that later in the episode, but I'll save it. <laughs> okay, save it. Yeah. Coach um, insists there will be no retaliation. There will be no retaliation. Yeah. And Voodoo is late for practice. Yep. Which is also part of what sparks my quote of the episode. And if you still haven't figured out, I can't believe you didn't write this down. Wow. No. No. Oh my God. It's during practice? It's it's in relation to Voodoo being late for practice. <laughs> nope, I don't have it. As they're yeah, as they're there. Oh man. <laughs> Very excited. Uh but once again, Buddy Garrity is down on the field during practice, just losing his mind over how good food is. Absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, just thrilled, like, <laughs> beside himself about how excited he is uh, about Voodoo Tatum. He loves himself some Voodoo Tatum. My goodness. So... <laughs> Buddy Garrity's down on the field after Voodoo shows up. There's like this scene where Saracen, um, it's actually a really great Saracen and coach moment where Saracen is, uh, screws up a play and coach is like, show me your right hand. And then, show me your left hand. And then he's like, wow, it's a miracle. He does know his right from his left. Uh, and then Voodoo does a play and he basically like, you know, 2004 Michael Vick's it. Where yeah. he's he just really like is Michael Vick. Yeah. Like, just yeah, for sure. keeper to the touchdown. And Buddy Garrity has this moment where he's like, he goes, I love this boy. And then he starts singing, got my voodoo working to the tune of Muddy Waters, got my mojo working. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, that all went over my head. But yeah. <laughs> A very, very strange moment. But yeah. He sings, just got my voodoo working. Voodoo working. <laughs> he's just like, oh, he's just very excited, unreasonably, yeah, <laughs> excited about Voodoo Tatum. Man. And shortly after that, there's a scene that I had a real laugh about, and I made sure to write down in my notes where it's Voodoo Tatum giving a radio interview, and Buddy's like right there with him. Yeah, he's, right. <laughs> he's on the interview too. Uh, what the like hell? I said, like, Voodoo is now Buddy Garrity's son. Yeah, could for not real. Be more excited, <laughs> more, more uh, Buddy Garrity's son than Lila is Buddy's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I don't. I, in my notes, I don't have exactly what happens next. I just have Lila's quote: "I hate myself for last night. I just hope I don't go straight to hell." <laughs> I really <Yeah>. do. <laughs> So um, Isla is, is feeling some regret for sure. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So there's a scene where I got a good chuckle because there's two like back-to-back scenes with these like misdirects. Uh, the first one being where Lila and, and Riggins are yes. in the room. And I believe this is one of my quotes of the week. But. Lila starts off where she's like, <laughs> um, I've been having all these feelings and Reagan's like me too. <laughs> I was like, no about Jason. Um, and then in the next scene, we have coach talking to Saracen and coach is like, I know what's bothering you, Matt. And Saracen's freaking out because he, he's thinking about Julie Taylor. <laughs> and, and, and Saracen's like, you do. <laughs> Cause he's like, gets really worried. And then, yeah, Coach is like, yeah, I know what's bothering him. I don't remember what Coach thinks is bothering him, but it's not Julie Taylor. So two back-to-back scenes with those. It, well, is, those that the scene, is that the scene where Coach basically like implores yes. Saracen to go get with the girl? So that yeah, because he's, he's like focused. And yeah, Saracen he's, is like crapping his pants because in his mind he's talking about Julie, Coach's daughter. Yeah, because Coach is like, do you have a girl you're dating? And Saracen's like, no. And coach goes, is there a girl you're interested in? And he's like, uh, yeah, kinda. <laughs> he's like, I want to take, I want you to take, take her out. <laughs> and then he, he basically goes on this line and then says, which is one of my quotes of the week, get her in the back seat of your car for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah, yeah. And Saracen is just like mortified as, as, <laughs> yeah. as he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, after that, Saracen goes home 
and grandma is nowhere. nowhere. Yep. Nowhere to be found. Uh, He goes, checks over at the neighbor's house. They have no idea. Cops end up bringing her back. Turns out she has wandered away and gone into a house around the corner and took a bath at their house. Yeah. So pretty rough. And that's actually... Yeah. Dark moment for grandma's dementia, grandma Saracen. Yeah. She's super embarrassed. Um, you know, as much as we hate grandma Saracen, I thought, I don't know. I thought that was a really well acted, good moment where she is like walking into the house from the cop car and like, don't let anybody yeah. see me. Yeah. yeah. And I can't remember, is it before that or after that, that Saracen has the moment where he's like, Hey grandma, did you take your pills? Yeah. Um, he's like, they're still sitting here from yesterday. And she's like, no, I took them. Mm-hmm. And, and then he like, she's like, I'll take them in front of you right now or whatever. I can't remember if that's after or before, but uh, yeah, I think that's before. Yep. <clears throat> and then that's actually where he calls his dad says it's dementia. Was that, was that in the show or was it a del- deleted scene where he actually is at the doctors? I think that's a deleted scene. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in the deleted scene where Saracen is, with grandma Saracen at the doctor, uh, the doctor is a complete like jerk. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably dementia. And Saracen's like, Oh no, what do I do? And he's like, well, there's not much you can do. So, and he's like brushing him off and like trying to get to the next patient. It's weird. Jeez. Also the doctor looks vaguely like Tim Riggins, which is confusing, <laughs> Very bizarre. <laughs> but yeah, the doctor was a jerk. So, but I think it was once again, just showing like how on his own Matt is Yeah, like not even the doctor's going to help him. That's where he calls his dad. I got the, there's two video calls with the dad. So I got that mixed up, but yeah, tells Matt, hold it down. I'm busy in Iraq. So it was already hard for Saracen. And now it's just, kind of amped up uh yeah the the difficulty and the responsibility that he's facing well then we get a scene we move on to uh street and herc hanging out and tyra shows up yes and (laughs) she kind of gives him a like listen we're not friends i'm sorry about all the people who are coming in here and acting like they're your friend when they know you even less than i do Mm -hmm. But basically just saying like, you know, Tim wants to come see you, but he doesn't know how, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then we get another classic Herc moment of him just absolutely <laughs> sleazeball creeping on Tyra. Yeah, he's he's in love uh, at first sight with Tyra, for sure. And Tyra says something like this shouldn't happen to a good person like you. Yeah. And it seems like the look on Jason's face after that, like it seems like he's much more appreciative of that sentiment from Tyra than anything else anyone has said to him about like, you'll pull through this or get better. Like, it seems like they show him like really appreciating Tyra, just being real and saying that something like this shouldn't happen to a good person like you. I, I feel like we have this theme coming back of like people like Tyra and Tim kind of keeping it real a little bit as opposed to like the small town fakeness, like it's going to be okay. You're going to pull through You're an all American type guy, stand up guy. And then we have the whole uh, kind of storyline with the, the team dinner. Yes. <clears throat> There's a party um, prior to that. I just have written down smash leads the charge to pay back Arnett Mead. Uh, so I think there was a scene in there where he, it's after the football party that they actually do attack Arnamid, but it's before where he's like, I'm going to lead the charge and we're going to, we're going to get them back. Um, But we'll come back to that in a moment. Yeah. Uh, Basically. Yeah. Basically the Panther barbecue party is coach. Didn't tell Tammy until last minute, like two days before that she needs to feed a hundred people. Well, he starts well, out with 50, 50 ish. And then Julie says, is it, uh, is that more like 50 or more like a hundred? And coach goes, uh, tell her 60. <laughs> and then as yeah. she's walking away, 60 ish. <laughs> yep. So yeah, there's a scene where Julie and Tammy do go grocery shopping and they buy like an enormous amount of food. Yeah. And ribs. Like just yeah, racks like, and racks of ribs. <laughs> and then, yeah, the party actually happens. And like, well, as the party's starting, Tammy's like, go back to the store, buy all the ribs and all the steaks. <laughs> Every last yeah. one. 
Yeah, they find out that not only are all the players coming, but also the coaches and also all the families of all the players and all the coaches. Yeah. So, yeah, it gets out of hand. And Basically causes, the entire. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And this causes, obviously, a ton of tension between Coach and Mrs. Coach. Mrs. Coach is furious. I wrote that in all caps. Tammy furious. <laughs> yes. And uh, she keeps it together. She does it. Uh, they have this great scene where something spills and they're both like under the table <laughs> yes. with the tablecloth hanging over. And she is just livid under there. Uh, she's chewing them out. They're arguing under the table. And then she makes some comment like, but as soon as I come up uh, from out from under this table, I'm going to put on my smile and be the coach's wife. Um, but I'm not ready for that now. I'm going to stay under this table. And there, there is a moment during the football party that Saracen goes up to coach and he's like, Hey, uh, <laughs> I just want to get some insider information. Like, am I going to start this week? And coach just like basically brushes him off. Cause he's also got other things going on. He, I don't yeah. think he did it in a dickish way, Yeah, but like he had so much else going on that he's like, Saracen, I don't have time for <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Saracen is asking that, but that's basically the whole town is pestering yeah. about it. Yeah. During the party, a brick gets thrown through the window from Arnett Mead, and it says something like Panther Pigs. Or <laughs> Die, Die Panther, Panther pigs. pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like something a high schooler would write on yes. a note that they throw through the window. Um, but yeah, obviously, throwing a brick through a family's window is amping up even more. Yes. And then I believe later that evening, I don't know where they are, but Riggins and Smash who apparently have patched things up at least they have they have found uh, their their similarities in being Dylan Panthers uh, yeah. enough to be like we're going to work together to take down Arnett Mead. Yeah, they're going to team up for this for sure. And they're about to leave and they see Saracen and they're like Saracen you're coming. And Saracen's kind of doing his like oh shucks. Yeah, I don't bit. really think so and but yeah. He they say you know, you're QB1 you're coming. Yep. So they get to the town. I'm not sure if it's Arnett or Mead, or if, <laughs> I guess I didn't. Or if they're not a consolidated school district, maybe it's Mead School in Arnett. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But wherever they get to, and they start beating up because, and that's what goes back to the Smash leads the charge because he hears about that their quarterback drives a. Oh yeah, he's got the intel. An O2 Mustang. A O2 Mustang. Mustang. Yeah. So <laughs> where'd you find that out? I have my sources. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so they go and they decide to beat the crap out of this car yep. and they do it. And then like a house alarm goes off and a light goes on in the house and everybody gets back and smashes car, except for Saracen who has uh, reached his boiling point yeah. between his, his dad and his grandma and everything that's going on in his life, the pressures of being QB1 and maybe not being QB1. His frustrations and of striking out with Julie Taylor. Also that, yes. <laughs> um, and he just goes ham on this vehicle. Yeah. Until literally he's basically face-to-face with the Arnett Mead quarterback. Quarterback, yeah who's watching him just beat the crap out of this car. And then he finally dives into smashes like 1980s Cadillac and, (laughs) (laughs) and they go back to Dylan. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he lost his mind a little bit. It all, it all boiled over. That makes more sense that it's a house alarm. I thought that it was the car alarm and it only started ringing like <laughs> once the windshield had been busted. Yeah. In. <laughs> I was like, Jeez, that is an ineffective car alarm. But that yeah, I definitely took it as a house alarm because of that very reason. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, we see Herc in street in the, in rehab. Herc basically l- lays out. He's like, this is how the next two years of your life is going to go. And says just some really super hard stuff about how his girlfriend's going to leave him. His family's going to have to start a lawsuit. Uh, all this like super difficult stuff in street kind of gets pissed and flings the water cup at Herc. And, but that's kind of like, all right, good. Yeah. I thought you got some fight in you. You got some fight in you. So that might be a little bit of a turning point for street possibly. And then we see Saracen 
Working at the Alamo Freeze. Sponsor of the show. Yeah. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, sponsor. Uh, don't forget to to mention this podcast uh, for 10% off your order at Alamo Freeze. Um, the unnamed podcast. <laughs> yeah. The unnamed Friday Night Lights podcast. They'll, they'll know who you're talking about. They'll know who you're talking about. Um, but he basically gets, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Tell Saracen that Anthony and Josh sent you. <laughs> Matt will know. We go way back. But he basically gets gets jumped by a bunch of guys from Arnett Mead, demanding to know who else was with him. He actually like gets in a pretty solid sucker punch. He does. Yeah, yeah. He he gets the first punch off. Um, he's obviously in a bad situation, but he, he knows, well, he knows what's coming. So I think yep. he, he get that, gets that one good hit in. He gets the one good hit and then they just beat the tar out of him. Uh, he ends up at the hospital. Co- he calls coach. So who else which, is he going to call? Who else is he going to call? He's not going to call grandma Saracen. His dad's busy in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> um, so coach goes and picks him up, but it is the night of Julie's dance recital. So now uh, Saracen's got to go to the dance recital. With coach him. has no time to drop him off. Coach says we're going to a dance recital. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, coach talks a little, talks him up a little bit on the way on the way there. They get a good kind of inspirational moment. With it's a really nice uh, coach and Saracen moment. I think. Yep. Yeah, once again connecting with his players on a human level off the field. But then, yeah, so then they end up at Julie's dance recital. Julie's dance is is a little suggestive. It's a little, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and Coach and Mrs. Coach are cracking up at yes, it. Yes, I loved, loved, loved the the moment of like there's you see a shot of uh, Julie at the kind of forefront of this dance, and she's just got the most stone-faced like serious look on her face and then we cut to coach and mrs coach and they're both just like (laughs) (laughs) it's such a great moment they're they're cracking up and and saracen is maybe mesmerized (laughs) by the whole thing (laughs) yeah so different uh different reactions from the uh, Taylor's in from Matt. Um, but then, man, I love this exchange after the dance yes. recital. Uh, Matt and Julie. Matt's talking to Julie backstage, <laughs> and it all hits Coach at once. <laughs> oh, talk about Coach! Talk about Coach! I, I'm going a different direction. Oh well, I just love that. Yeah, Julie and Matt are talking, and Coach kind of has a moment where he looks over at Matt and Julie talking, <laughs> and then he looks at Tammy. He's just like. Oh no. <laughs> Tammy's like, what? And this is one of my quotes of the episode, not my absolute quote of the episode, but <laughs> coach goes to Tammy. I think I told that kid to get in the backseat of a car with our daughter. <laughs> that's right. I kind of missed that. I think I was distracted, but yeah, that's good. I loved what Saracen was talking to Julie about. Saracen tells Julie that this like suggestive racy dance reminded him of a painter that he really likes. Oh, yeah. Jackson. Pollock. <laughs> uh, She's like, yeah, I've heard this, of him. The, the, the song that she was dancing to sound like the freaking pussycat doll. <laughs> Jackson. Pollock. I forgot about the Jackson Pollock one. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. But if when Jackson Pollock was painting, he was probably listening to Pussycat Dolls. Uh, yeah, 100. Yeah. <laughs> percent Then we see uh, Lila. Lila comes home and she mm-hmm. goes in her and bedroom. Riggins just in her bedroom. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> not not very positive vibes. Uh, not the move, Tim. No. No. And what happens there? I, I, I forget what their interaction is. They, she's shocked and is like, Tim, my parents are downstairs. And he's, he kind of has a typical, like, I can't stop thinking about you, Lila <laughs> moment. <laughs> and they, of course, once again, yep. they're uh, back at it. They're back at it. Yep. Yeah. And I believe that's the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. Uh, deleted scene. Uh, it was a good one. They're in the weight room. 
and Tim is bench pressing and Voodoo is spotting. And here's Voodoo's line. There's no spot. Find something you find it. You hate it. You find it. Get evil. Is it your mama? Your daddy? Is it coach? You hate it. Find it. Is it me? You hate me? Show me. Find it, boy. Use it. Get evil. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that, that was Voodoo's encouragement to Tim. And then Tim, as he said at the beginning, there's no spot. And then Tim is like getting, he's, he's going hard, but then he gets stuck and Smash goes over and saves Tim, Tim from the bench press. And we see a, a couple touches of real camaraderie between uh, Riggins and Smash, which you love to see because just two episodes ago, they were really having a beef. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of language in that that we don't get in the rest of it. The, and then there was another scene where Tammy refers to her ass, I believe, as not having changed in 25 years. So I feel like they, they changed their mind on what was uh, allowable for language and had to cut right. a couple scenes for that or something. So that, that's that's kind of the rundown rundown of the episode. That's what happened. Um, what what characters are you feeling? It's what, a what good one. You? Yeah, um, Buddy Garrity just still in in <laughs> obnoxious scumbag mode. Uh, I love it. I love Buddy Garrity because I hate Buddy Garrity yep. <laughs> so Head much. Over heels for Voodoo Taylor. <laughs> <Buddy Garrity. laughs> scene where they're doing the radio interview together just really cracked me up. <laughs> He's um, like he's like his uh his uh mouthpiece like for yeah. wrestling like he just goes with voodoo him and does all the talking for him. The Bobby the Brain Heenan uh <laughs> yep. to Voodoo Tatum's Andre Paul the Giant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um Saracen I think has a lot of depth in this episode, grows a lot in this episode. We mm. we I mean really fleshes out as a character, I should say. Yeah. Um between uh, grandma's dementia really, really sparking up. In the last episode, of course, his dad was just a real uncaring dick. Yeah, kind and, of everything that we that we saw, uh, the the heavy burden that was on Saracen before got even heavier this episode. You know. Yep, and so to see him really come and take it out uh, on that on kid's car. Oh, yeah. Mustang. Yep, he he reaches breaking point for sure. We love Riggins, of course, as always. That's going to be part of it. Uh, every episode. Is still just doing his thing. And, you know, as I, as I think about the, the bird's eye view of the whole series, Riggins definitely develops as a character, but I don't feel like it's until the very end. Yeah, <laughs> right. certainly like the least of everybody. Yeah, Riggins, <laughs> Riggins is just Riggins for sure. Lila is experiencing her turn a little more starting to get there. Yep. She is giving up on being the perfect, the perfect, yeah, girl, whatever, however you want to say that is really just throwing that out the window as she gets with Tim, uh, multiple times now. So that's happening. Streets turning a little bit too. Streets kind of having his moment of, I mean, we he's he's piecing together more and more, and probably the most this episode of what his future is truly going to look like, and kind of moving into that time where he's about to be done asking for sympathy and more, just trying to figure out you know what the rest of his life looks like. Yeah, he's he's still in in a in a bit of an angry stage. Uh, as far as um, accepting what's going on goes, you know, he, he lashes out at Herc, he lashes out at Lila. Maybe that was last episode. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sinking in. He's progressing through the stages of, of grief for sure. And actually, yeah, I should look that up and kind of, I bet they intentionally kind of bring him through all that. Any other characters? We, we haven't seen Landry for a while. Yeah, Landry, I don't even think made an appearance in this episode. He was not which in this is... episode. It's a very well done show, but I'd I'd dare say that was a mistake. Yeah, I think we always could use more Landry. We need that. To be entirely honest. Yeah. Tyra has I think a great moment where she goes and visits Street yeah. and kind of 
yeah, like you said, has that extreme honesty with him that makes him appreciate her probably more than he ever had. Yep. Yep. She, she keeps it real in a way that like not even his, his parents are uh, definitely not Lila have. So good. Well, let's, uh, let's move into our, our segments for the week. Let's do it. Let's start with the the Coach Taylor Inspo rating. Yeah, I'm going to say it's pretty low this episode. Um, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity. Wasn't a lot of opportunities. It's a bye week. Um, right. yep. Not a lot of opportunities no to do that. Way. He kind of lets us down with uh, not telling Tammy about the party and then yeah. really underselling it. <laughs> That's true. He He doesn't really own up to it. In fact, he has the fake apology. I'm sorry that you're angry with me, which, uh, you don't do that. No, the shell Tammy saw right through that. That's not a real apology. So yeah, not, not particularly inspiring at all. I don't know. What, what would you, if you had to put a numerical value to it, would you, you know what? I'm going to give him a couple of points because of him going and being the person that Saracen could turn to Yeah, after getting beat up and being the one person he could pick up from the, that's true. Yeah. The the hospital. So I'm going to say all told like maybe a, a strong four. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that for sure. It wasn't really much that he actually did this episode, but just being the person that he was that Saracen would call. He gets credit for that for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yep. We'll give him a four. Moving on to the Julie Taylor hate-o-meter. I'm interested to see your thoughts on this. You know, I don't think that there's a lot of, a lot of hate to be had for Julie in this episode, you know, her taking the dance recital as seriously as she did is the only reason, but that's not really hateable. It's just more of a, like, you know, she's a girl of that, that certain age. Yep. She handled, honestly, she handled the, uh, Matt Saracen bungling the Jackson Paula pickup line pretty, pretty well. So I'm going to say like just a, a one. All right. I'm, I don't, I don't know if this is legal or not, but, uh, I actually liked Julie this episode. That's legal for sure. And and so I feel I, I went negative two on this. I wow, felt like okay. she was likable. Like, yes, she took the dancing very seriously, but I can respect that. I kind of like that. Like if you're going to do it, do it, you know? So uh, I think, I, like I think Julie. bringing the negative scale into it. I like that idea because she isn't like in the first season, especially like when, and when she's with Matt, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> That she, yeah, she isn't so hateable. So I, I like the idea of pull, pulling negatives into it. So we'll go with your score. I like a negative okay. two. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Friday Night Lights, one of the good things about it is I feel like basically whoever you like now, if this is your first time watching it, I'm just going to tell you right now that whoever you like in season one, you're probably not going to like them in season two. Correct. And whoever you like in season two, it's probably going to flip and you're not going to like them. And like, I just feel like the show does such a good job of like making you love all the different characters at different points in time, mm-hmm. but then also like being honest about who they are as characters. And thus you end up hating them at some point. So absolutely. Julie Taylor is definitely weighted much more heavily towards the hate side of things, but she has her moments. They do They do a good job with that. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that description a lot. I just wanted to say that uh, there's, yeah, like every character, for whatever reason, definitely has their lovable moments and their hateable moments. So I, I agree with you on that, except for maybe, well, no, even, I don't know if Mrs. Coach has like hateable moments, but obviously Coach does because he has a secret family. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Absolutely. And I, I think we'll find some moments where we're frustrated with, with Tammy. Tammy, you know, where she is just being really obstinate about like, it, you know, it's my turn to, yeah. you know, to have what I want and stuff like that. Not that that's necessarily wrong, but maybe not necessarily likable, but mm. we shall see. The big rig beer tally. I believe we only had one. I only had one. The very opening scene. Yep. Um, so that brings us up to a full 20. 
out of through the first four episodes. So we're at about a five beer per episode average for Tim Riggins. Beer he's season. doing good. So he's going to, I have hopes we have not watched episode five yet, but I have hopes that he finishes a case before the end of epi- <laughs> the, the first five episodes. Yeah. Odds are pretty good. Yeah. You know, if he keeps up with his average, he'll, he'll, he'll knock that out. The Buddy Garrity sleazeball of the week. Um, I just simply have everything with voodoo in general. Uh, basically replacing his family with voodoo, uh, <laughs> losing his mind every time voodoo does something. Uh, that's that's where I sit with the sleazeball move of the week. 100% agreed. Yeah. yeah. Every, I mean, there's no one moment. He is a sleazeball through this entire episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, two back-to-back scenes with voodoo between the got my voodoo working and the... Uh, <laughs> That freaking radio interview <laughs> really gets me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty easy choice for sure. So that's your buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Uh, the outdated pop culture reference of the week. I have kind of a, a half one. I think you have something in mind too. Um, the mine is Julie's dance costume. Just having been, you know, uh, what, 18 or 19 year old in 2006 when this came out, like we had a, like a dance thing at, at the college that I went to. And I feel like that is exactly what they would have worn. It was like, there was like the kind of the a tank, like layered in multiple colors. So like two different tank tops layered. And then like the, the tights with a little skirt over top of it. Like it was just so spot on. 2006 yeah uh, even like that kind of like crimped hair that she had going yeah, on yeah, is the crimped hair with kind of the like i said the pussycat doll sounding song like just nailed the mid 2000s absolutely um, as far as yeah dance and music style goes absolutely uh, what, do, what do you have for outdated pop culture references? so i had and we're kind of going to go back to in the same way that episode two wasn't necessarily a pop culture reference of the week that's outdated as much as a outdated attitude of the week <laughs> and that is uh herc's homophobic and ableist slur ridden <laughs> right a rant yeah as we covered that you can't even joke you yeah even no. though the joke was that it was horrible yeah uh, you, you can't uh, do that anymore no <laughs> yeah for sure uh, any any notable music cues that you had on this episode? I did not have a single music cue in this episode. I'm sure there was one, but I, I just, if there was, I, I completely missed it. Yep, nothing stuck out to me. All right, that leaves us with the quote of the episode. I have four different nominations for this. I have um, got three. Um, I've got three, but with one that is my absolute clear winner. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. I don't, I, I don't know that I have a clear winner. So, and yeah, I'm anxious to see, cause I'm not picking up what you're putting down for, oh, man. um, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, there's a line where uh coach coach goes in to see Tammy at, at work. So she's in her office as guidance counselor and he's talking with her and things get a little heated and he walks out and there's a kid waiting to see her in the waiting room. <laughs> As he passes, he says, watch out. She's a little pissed off. This afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's a good one. Um, all but my winner, I've already mentioned in this episode, but I'll go ahead and, and say, yeah. um, first one, we'll go just with <laughs> uh, Buddy Garrity, who has the attitude of somebody who never expected to get a win in their entire lives and won and is now extremely cocky about it, doing the, I love this boy. Got my voodoo working. My voodoo working. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. All right. My my second nomination. And I, I know Saracen is one half of this, but I didn't write down who the other person was. I think it was Tim Reagan's, but I'm not sure. So maybe you can help me out with this. But Saracen says, Hey, where's voodoo? And then the reply is, I don't know, Saracen. He's probably jerking around in front of a full length mirror right now. That's my quote of the episode. Oh, in okay. the yeah, for Voodoo okay. being late to 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 practice. That is my absolute. Oh, that's it right yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I, uh, that makes sense for sure. <laughs> I literally like I had to pause and rewind and go back again because I was like, <laughs> I turned to Angie and I was like, "What did he just say?" <laughs> who did say it? Who who was? It the, was Riggins. It was Riggins. 
Because Saracen asked for his voodoo. And yeah, Riggins goes, I don't know, Saracen, he's probably jerking in front of a full-length mirror right now. Because I've never heard that term jerking around in that in that many words. No, no. Um, all right. I, I figure that there's another phrase that was probably like, you can't say that on television. Yeah. You got to find another way to say it. So yeah, they, they had a first draft and <laughs> they adapted. Jerking around. <laughs> all right well sorry to sorry that's to, fine no i'm glad i'm just glad that you finally got it because yeah. i i was like how oh, i i'm glad that it caught your ear because when you told me you had no idea what it yeah. was i was like how could he have missed this one there's no way i took i took all my in my notes i took all of my like nominations for quotes and put them at the bottom like i originally had it in line and then i pulled it down to the bottom so That's if right. i would have just kept it as is i would have known exactly what you're talking um, about. yeah all right what well what else did you have the only other one i had was just coaches uh, i think i told that kid to get in the back seat of a car with our daughter <laughs> yeah uh, we mentioned this one, but I had, uh, Lila. I've been having these feelings, Tim, like a flood of feelings, Tim. Me too. <laughs> Lila. For Jason. <laughs> thought that was good. And then, uh, I just thought voodoo's quote was ridiculous. I think this was on the radio interview and they asked him what it was like to be a refugee, uh, with Katrina or to experience Katrina. And did he think he's going to die? <laughs> voodoo says, God wasn't going to let me die. He told me to war up dance with fear <laughs> yep I, I i don't know why i didn't write that one down but i definitely uh yeah. noted that one yeah all right so then the obvious answer for the quote of the week is the <laughs> full-length mirror jerking, jerking around in front of a full-length mirror right now it makes me uncomfortable but yeah <laughs> go with it all right so that basically just leaves us with uh rating the episode episode four um yeah, what what do you think? This is a strong episode. I'm going to say a, a a hard eight. Yep, I'm with you. This this was really good. Um, things really start. <laughs> yeah, things get really interesting with the addition of voodoo, uh, Saracen snapping. Yeah, it's all good. So I'm good with eight. We are giving episode four. Um, who's your daddy? <laughs> What's that in reference to? Why is this episode called Who's Your Daddy? I don't know. I was wondering that myself because I was thinking about the only other places that I've heard prior to this, especially Who's Your Daddy in uh, any kind of context, which is late 1990s professional wrestler Scott Steiner, (laughs) (laughs) Um, who I need to send you some Scott Steiner clips if you're not familiar because he is maybe my all-time favorite promo he is incredible on the mic scott steiner had some real real special bangers i've i've been watching through uh wrestlemania's like 12 through i think i'm on like 15 now and Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of in that area era but i have not experienced scott steiner so scott steiner really had his glory time in in late 90s wcw early 2000s wcw um he was he was a wcw guy i mean he was in wwf with his brother rick for a while um, and then they went to WCW and then when they split up is really when Scott started shining. Yeah. We'll, I can uh, picture him, but I, yeah, send me some stuff. Well, yeah, we'll get into that uh, probably after we get done recording this episode. Here. <laughs> so, uh, I definitely have to send you like at least one short one that I want to watch with you. Yeah. Right, so we don't know why it's called who's your daddy, but we're giving it, we're giving it a solid eight. Good. Episode. Very good episode. Very strong episode. I would argue I mean, I have a soft spot in my heart for the pilot and that that you don't have as strong as I do based on when we talked about that episode. This might be the best episode of the series thus far. Yep. Well, I would agree with that. Yep, for sure. Yeah, especially since I wasn't as big on the pilot. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good for sure. I am looking forward to episode five. Looking forward to talking with you about episode yes. five. Same. Uh, it will be excellent. So until then, thanks for listening. And... We out. We're out. (laughs) Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.